are kicking off the summer with good news and some kind of crappy weather. <laughs> but it'll change because it's St. Louis, so we know that. And Carl, how are you going to start your summer? I am going to work every day. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to be at the radio stations. I'm going to be on KMOX on Saturday. I'm going to be on 97.1 on Sunday and KMOX on Sunday and then 97.1 on Monday. So I will be working the, the entire time. So if you want to hear me, I'll be on. But I will. I was ju- I just got off the air talking about movies with Mark Reardon and Dan Buffa. And we're going to talk, talk about those movies here in a second. But we also have a guest. We'll talk to our guest, Dia Hoover, about her book, St. Louis Scavenger, Star Wars and Cars. In just a second, around minute 20, we'll talk about A Quiet Place Part 2. Around minute 35, we'll talk about Cruella. Around minute 51, 1971, The Year That Changed Music. Around minute 52, The Friends Reunion. Around minute 58, Entertainment News and Reopenings. We teased this guest a couple weeks ago, and now we actually have our guest. Yes, we have Dia Hoover, who is an author and a tour guide. Are we there yet? tours and she has lots of interesting stories and her latest book st louis scavenger it's about the hidden treasures all over town and the east side and it is number one on the independent booksellers list twice uh, for two weeks right yeah well it was number two for two weeks and it was number one this past sunday so we're waiting with bated breath for st louis post uh, sunday edition edition congratulations All right. Congrats. And we're so happy that you're here because we have been talking about your book and I have a copy right now. And I started because I thought, well, this is a perfect summer project for people who are now getting out of their house. Yes. And I'm not. No, no. At first, at first, you can start with the book. I don't have a copy yet, Dia, but I'm sure I will (laughs) get one soon. But you can start in the house and see how much you know off the top of your head. And then you can go out and make sure that you have the correct answers. Right. Which uh, I'm enjoying. So this is uh, this is from my hometown. So I'm giving a little clue. In the 1920s, if you saw a show here, you might see Miss Rogers and Mr. Astaire come in today for a new release movie. The pipe organ might play and she's a beauty. So it rhymes. So you you put a lot of work into these rhymes. So what are we talking about, Carl? I just gave you a bunch of clues. Um, well, your hometown kind of I it, now I'm torn. I want to say it's somewhere in Illinois, but it's I'm going to say it's not. I'm going to say it's Gaslight Square. No, because my hometown is Belleville. OK, see, I would have said Belleville, but but then the Fred and ginger thing threw me off well it is the lincoln theater oh okay who was the uh, it was a vaudeville theater back in the day so there were tours i mean famous people played there but see and see this this brings us back to our guest last week when we were talking about gaslight square and i'm like well maybe she's trying to get people to listen to last week's podcast but no well they're making it all about herself they should listen to all. Well, I spent my youth at the Lincoln Theater. Okay. Well, take we still take tour all. groups there. We take tour groups there and they'll have an organist come in and they will perform on the organ for us. And we have popcorn and soda. And that's one of our Belleville stops on tour. And they are so gracious. The owners there are just wonderful about it. 
Oh yeah, we uh, we used to go to the Kreskies next door <laughs> and get our little bags of candy that they would measure. And we would take it into the theater because we were poor kids and we could afford the 50 cents for the double feature. And mm. one of them was usually either an Elvis movie or a Jerry Lewis movie. Do you guys remember double features? Yeah, they were Are on you channel too, 11. You're too young. Well, they, were on, yeah. they were on channel yeah. 11 on Saturdays and Sundays. Sunday movie one, Sunday movie two, and Sunday movie three. Well, I'm from Vandalia, Missouri, Lynn. So we had the drive-in and they would do the double features and then we would drive to Hannibal or drive to Mexico. And then we got our own theater. The doctors in town decided the kids needed something to do and we had our own movie theater. So I saw like every movie that came out from, from 1977 till I left town. Unless they were R. I couldn't yeah. go to an R-rated movie because the theater owners knew my But parents. then you got to see Star Wars at the drive-in. I saw Star Wars at the movie theater. It had just come out, right? So that was 77. Yeah, right? Yeah, because it's 40, 44 years ago on Wednesday, right? Was it yes. Wednesday? Yes, it I was, was telling the... everybody happy Star Wars Day and they didn't know what I was talking about. It's not May oh. the 5th. No, no, it's May, May 25th. And the the ninth time I saw Star Wars in the original release was at Ronnie's drive-in. That was the night because I remember seeing I remember seeing on the original release of Star Wars between seventy seven and seventy eight. The ninth time I saw Star Wars was at Ronnie's drive-in. Well, uh -huh. I spent my childhood trying to make my hair go in circles to be. <laughs> but That's but now crazy. Disney just sells the hair buns that you can yeah. just put on. That would have like, solved like my Mickey problem. ears. Mm -hmm. That's so funny. Well, I was at the Creve Corps Cinema opening night, May 25th, 1977. My friend Tom and I went, I had read about Star Wars in the American Film Magazine that was put out by the American Film Institute because back then we did not have all these a public, we didn't have Entertainment Weekly. We didn't have all these uh, websites or anything. And so I thought, well, this is the guy that did American Graffiti. And so this will be fun. And we were and not expecting what we had because, you know, there was just no pre-press about it. And the uh, we loved it. And we had gotten a button that night. It said, I am one of the first, I was one of the first 300 to see Star Wars. Do I know where that button is today? No, no. Because I've had many moves since 1977. And so who knows, but yes, that was wonderful. And then we started because, you know, people didn't know about it. And so we started. Yeah, they thought the other, the other side of midnight was going to be the big people had to get the other side of midnight, which was a big book at the time. Yes. You had to commit to run star Wars. Now that story has in, in, in revisionist history, that story has gone backwards, but really they thought the other side of midnight was going, or the, yeah, the other side of midnight was going to be the big hit. And they said, if you want to run that, you have to run star Wars. And that that's how some theaters wound up getting it. Well, it was so fun and we told all our friends about it and uh, we uh, we decided this one, you know how when you're in your early 20s, you just, you know, things you can just do at random. So we convinced this group of friends that we should go to Star Wars and it was like, you know, seven o'clock at night. We ran out to Creep Court, it was all sold out everywhere it was at because by then the word got out. So everything, but I have seen it so many times in so many different places 
and it's just fun. And it was uh, the 20 year anniversary of it. I got to take my two boys to all three of the original. So then in 1999, when the first new one came out. The prequel. Yes. My sister lived in San Diego, but they were moving to Chicago. And she said, well, why don't you come out um, to San Diego before we move? And then so I looked at when the new the Phantom Menace was going to open and I concocted this plan that we would drive up to L.A. to see it at the Kodak Theater, wherever it was. Oh, I know what it was. It was the Grauman's Chinese. Oh, it was uh, a Grauman's. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And so we sat there and they had a curtain that opened because it was the Grauman's Chinese. And uh, everybody applauded as soon as the strains of John Williams's music, everybody applauded as soon as R2-D2 came out. It was the best audience. And then it was a ridiculous movie. <laughs> Sorry. It's not, hey, it's you, you were just too old for Star Wars. Star Wars is for children. Star Wars is for children. And if you are not a child, you have lost that because you realize that even the prequels, every Star Wars movie is somebody's favorite Star Wars movie. Exactly. And I will tell you, my dad said, well, what is this Star Wars about? I said, it's just like Cowboys and Indians in outer space because yep. I had to watch all his John Wayne movies and I can mouth the words with big jake i've seen it so many times but really that's what star wars is and that's why i loved han solo man he went out there and took care of business and he's like on the other side of the law and, and he shot like, first yeah 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 so, my girlfriends and I, we were having a mark hamill at 26 versus harrison ford at 34 in star wars so we all picked han because that's just the way it rolls he was the rough boy yeah and, and, uh, and you're right about American Graffiti. Oh, God, I used to, that was on Channel 11, Carl. American yes. Graffiti was on almost every other weekend. That <laughs> and Gator and White Lightning. And when I would make a comment to my husband, who's from New Jersey and he's younger than me, and my office manager who grew up in St. Louis, I'm like, well, you know, it's just like Gator with Burt Reynolds. And they're like, what? Huh? And I'm like, White well, Lightning. So then th those were the Sunday the Sunday movies because the, <laughs> the, the Saturday movies on Channel 11, the first one was always Mon Pa Kettle. Yes. And then, then there was a, then there was a Abbott and Costello and like, they would always run like mon a monster movie to run, uh, finish it up like a Godzilla or a Kong, but, but not, not like King Kong, but like, no, 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 just like an off brand, like, a right. <laughs> so, so what was always so funny about this? So Declan is watching Archer. Have you ever mm -hmm. seen Archer? Yes. My boys used to watch that. <laughs> it is horrible. But he's like, John Benjamin. He goes, you got to watch it. And it was when Burt Reynolds was on, he did the voice. And so, you know, Archer's entire childhood was, was looking up to Burt Reynolds and then Burt Reynolds was dating his mom. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, the Skyview Drive-In, another Belleville uh, uh, yeah. landmark that you have in your book is uh, they showed, they showed, stop doing that. Yeah, they showed Smokey, uh, Smokey, and, Smokey the and the Bandit last week. They had muscle car yeah. night. Did they had they? firebirds and oh. you know all those cars so uh, they're it, it's such a driving culture the cars yeah well and i had a i had the 432nd mustang ever made as my high school car i went to 65 <gasps> yes i was in high school in the 80s and my dad got it when my grandpa was in the hospital he got it from a guy in jeff city who had worked at the ohio plant it was his because wife's car. The 64 and a half was the first year 
Because remember, Iacocca, no, they released it at a half. So I used to sell cars, right? So all the new cars, we had to get rid of everything in June because they were coming to us in July and August. So what Iacocca did is says, we're going to release this Mustang early. And then they got a half season. And the only difference is you've got four bolts on the brake drum instead of five. So Ooh. when they did the second set, that's the difference. And my banker up in Bowling Green, Missouri has it. So he puts it in the car shows. So like <laughs> Well, in 2016, I had a car fiasco and this friend of mine had this Mustang that she let me drive for a brief time. And so for a couple months, here is a 63-year-old woman driving a red a Mustang from the, uh, was it a GT? I don't know. What was, you know, I mean, it was really cool. So, but it had tinted windows. So I would get out of my car at a gas station and these guys would all look at me like, it's an right? old what are you lady doing? Why are you driving doing this car. Like the eyes would go wide. Cause you know, they'd see this cool red must cherry red Mustang. And then I'd get out of the car and they'd be like, what? Double take. It was kind of fun. It was well, kind of fun. I welcome you. I welcome you into the club of Mustangers. Cause that's yes. what you are now. You are now a Mustanger. I've had a Mustang since I would, I have a 1968 Mustang that I've had since I graduated high school a long, long time ago. And it is still being refurbished, you know, because I, I gave it, I gave it to my stepdad to work on it. And every once in a while he works on it and I've only driven it once. So one day I should get that car back. Hey, bring it over to Bill at AutoArt over here on the hill, man. He tricks out all those cars and they're beautiful. Is yours a fastback or a, or a coupe? You are ask. It's a coupe. You, you're, you're starting to get into the weeds, but it's a coupe. I do know that. <laughs> well, there's all sorts of very cool car clubs. And then yeah. the Sonic in Kirkwood, Kirkwood Commons, yeah. they're always having a car show. There are car shows all, all over the St. Louis area, if you know when and where to look, because you know what? The car guys know when and where to look because they always know where about another car show. What are you right, doing right. this weekend? Uh, I'm going to a car show. You're going to a car show. You can go to a car show every day if you wanted to. And the boomers who are now retired have bought these cars. Like you had your fixer upper car and they've had their car sitting there. Now they have two or three. And so they want to rotate them and they want to do a road trip. And it's pretty, it's pretty phenomenal. I always go to a car show when one's around. I pop the hood. So Dia, let us, let's, let's circle back to what we started to talk about now, 13 minutes ago, your book, <laughs> SDL scavenger. So that's out. We had Julie on a couple of weeks ago talking about it. But now we have you on talking about what what have you found now that the book's been out for a while and has been very successful? What have you found? Are people trying to cheat and ask you for some hints? Have they contacted you with any corrections or clarifications or how is it going so far? So that that is so great because I just thought when I was writing it. So remember, I'm a tour guide and I was on the certification committee for the Professional Tour Guide Association of St. Louis. So I'm thinking if I get anything wrong, I'm going to get called on the carpet by about three or four guides that work for me or belong to the association. But that's so, what editors so, are for. <laughs> so, so far, no. So far, no clarifications or errors we do have two businesses that closed in Kirkwood that are in there but with the internet 
And with the fact it remembers forever, that will not be a total stopping point for people. So yes, so people are nudging me. So one of the women that I'm friends with here on the Hill is like, I've been riding my bicycle all day <laughs> around the Hill. <laughs> and I don't know, I've lived here so long. And I'm like, remember what I said in my interview, my husband is six foot four, always look up because <laughs> nobody looks for anything over their head. And so I did a lot of, and the, and the photographer that I worked with, Corey Wren, he had a drone. So that was fantastic on these, these tall buildings. And he did, he did an amazing job. And, and so for people who haven't seen the book, it's, it's a detail, which means I didn't know what a detail was. So I will tell you, it is a picture of something like a building or a location. And it's a very small portion of it, but it's magnified. And so that's a detail. And then there's like a cart, would you call it a cartoon, Lynn? You think a cartoon picture? Mm -hmm. That is another hint. Like people, I don't think we're realizing that. And then there's my four line riddle or clue. So you have three things to go off of. And I will tell you, I'm from Vandalia, Missouri. And my high school teacher is the librarian. She's retired now. That's her fun job. She's like, could you do this without being in St. Louis? I'm like, absolutely. Absolutely. Because when I was, I was prepping um, to make a virtual tour for myself to sell for Discover St. Louis tours that I own, 60% of people that take virtual tours at a museum or in a city are on their couch. I was stunned. Well, with the pandemic, because not everybody's fully vaccinated, but I could tell from being out and about today, the traffic is a uh, huge yeah. and uh, everybody wants to get out of town. But I decided that this was going to be my summer project and, and you have, are you going to try to win? Well, I don't think I should enter because, uh, you know, but I was telling some, your media, some my, well, yeah, because I'm, you know, some of my girlfriends, I was showing them this the other night. I was telling them and the one said, well, I'm very competitive. And so I told hey. her, well, you have till November 15th to get it done. So she's, she's a traveler. So I'm looking forward because I don't know much about Alton. So I'm like, well, this will give me an incentive to go to Alton. Check and I was just out. in Grafton yesterday and we almost got blown off the sky tram. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> So, so here's the other thing, Lynn. So tell them, and this is for your listeners too. be sure to follow me on social media because we have an STL scavenger, Twitter feed, STL scavenger, Facebook page and STL scavenger, Instagram. So I'm going around doing live videos. I'm taking pictures. I did a contest. Um, and the answer was circus flora. I videoed oh. myself, took a picture and said, if you can tell me where I'll give you an, are we there yet? Swag bag. So, so follow that on social media because tell her that'll add. To okay. I will. And, uh, you know, social, uh, speaking of circus Florida, they just announced today that they're going to do something in two weeks or uh, no next weekend, next weekend, they're going to do uh, a series of shows just for that weekend, a Great. 75 minute performance, um, the first weekend of June, and then they're going to do their regular program in October, but they're warming up to do something the first weekend of June. And those shows are going to sell out very quickly. So if you are a fan of Circus Flora, which mm -hmm. I am, unfortunately, I'm going to be out of town, but yeah. it's, it's going to be something that we've missed from yeah, Circus I'm Flora. Going to, I'm going to be back in Shakespeare Glen next Friday. And I'm really excited because it's Andre DeShield's Tony winner, right? The last Tony's and uh, he is going to be King Lear. And I'm really excited about that. And then the next day I'm going back to the rep. So I so have, uh, how, how so, long is so that? Let me tell you, I got to tell you my Shakespeare and the Glenn story. So I was on the rep backers volunteer board for a decade. So one of the things we always did, we would go the first night at Shakespeare in the Glen and we would sell stuff, right? We'd go out with the little, the little, you know, cigarette mm -hmm. thing. And 
they had Shakespeare bobbleheads. <laughs> oh, wow. Those. I sold them out on the first night. <laughs> I was like at the ball game, get your Shakespeare bobblehead, bobblehead. I would know? love and a Shakespeare like, okay. bobblehead. Yeah. Yep, and I what sold were, them out. I'm very proud of that. What were you going to say, Carl? Uh, so how long is Shakespeare in the park going to be this year? A whole month. A whole month. Good. Because but I then they're be coming. Then. Yeah, they're coming back, though, at the end of the summer. And they're going to do a local show because this is a touring company that's yes. coming in. But they do have local people in it, like Jacqueline Thompson and Carl Overly and some other people that I know from local theater. But next weekend, we're going back. But speaking of going back, Carl and I went back to the movie theater this week. Yes, we did. It's been 14 months since we gathered with all our colleagues at a uh, at a multiplex auditorium to see an advanced screening. And Carl and I went back to A Quiet Place Part Two. Yes. And, and yeah. I, I last week, Lynn was like, oh, this is a prequel. And I'm like, no, it's not. It turns out it is just like, and I said, it's not like the Godfather part two where some of it's prequel and some of it is sequel. It actually is very much like Godfather part two, but only for five minutes. And that's to set up something that happens later in the movie. Right. Which is, it's, it's very good because uh, that returns John Krasinski who wrote and directed it. And uh, the first movie came out in 2018 and I just love the experience of watching. And it you're with an still audience. angry. You're still angry that it didn't win best sound at the Oscars. Well, right. It, what kind of a world doesn't <laughs> award a quiet place sound? It was nominated and beaten out by Bohemian Rhapsody, which has which as we all know is not a movie that I'm a fan of, but for many reasons, not, it's not the story of Freddie Mercury because it's not the story of Freddie Mercury, but okay. So let's a quiet place was directed by John Krasinski and the writers, he didn't write it, but he wrote this one. And I don't know what John Krasinski has against Noah Jupe, but he does not that like that little boy because he puts him through hell because oh he is, loves those kids no really then why did he do that to that little boy because made, because that made the story better because the other little girls off on trying to find where beyond the seas playing over and over and over again on the radio station and that sets up him taking care of the baby in the panic room in the steel mill okay so um what we just what the sentence Lynn just said doesn't make any sense unless you've seen the movie. So let's be let's be a little more um, vague right. because we don't want to we don't want to give too much away no, because it's no. only an hour and a half and we we did spoil it even though because it John Krasinski's out showing trailers with him in it. So well, right. that's yeah that's where you it, that's where you get introduced to Cillian Murphy and the fact that uh, Millicent Simmons who plays reagan she's been teaching the town sign language which is a big point that fi you find out later so you find out cillian murphy and the 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 uh relationship that he has with the family and so you the once it gets to like day 437 which is really funny because you know we were supposed to see this movie like 437 days ago um how 
uh, prescient that was that uh, there was a pandemic that made everybody uh, stay inside and and be afraid of let's say monsters that were coming to kill you. Um, but it takes place once you get to the part where it is the new story. It takes place seconds after A Quiet Place Part One. It is it has just it is a true part two. It takes place when after the flashback scenes over. It takes place immediately after A Quiet Place One. Okay, so and so then they go from there. Well, what's genius about this script? Several things is they go out in the outside world. They venture from their farmhouse. And uh, she's got the little baby in tow, the newborn, and both her children, Reagan and Marcus. Uh, Marcus. And they're played by Millicent Simmons and uh, Noah no Jupe. They were fantastic in the first movie. And Emily Blunt, I'm just such a huge fan of hers. <laughs> so they venture out and they're barefoot. And, and well, as, as, as you saw in the first one, I, you do need to have been able to have seen the first one. You can't go into this cold. It doesn't make no, any sense. Because, okay, so these aliens that- Well, have, you, in the first ones, I, I refuse to call them aliens because you still, we learn a lot about their origin stories. Maybe, I, I just want to call them creatures because we don't know if they're aliens. Well, they're gross. They're grotesque <laughs> and they're spindly and they're like a lizard spider cross and they're just horrible, but they have super sensitive hearing. But so they're the blind. People find out that noise kills and they are really fast. So um, just stepping on a twig can can make you kill dinner. you. Yeah. So no, no, I don't. Matt, our buddy Max Foise and I were talking about this. Uh, he says he doesn't know if they kill you to eat you. They think he thinks it's more like a cat. They this they oh. they just they don't know what you are. They play with you to death because you really don't see them eating anybody. You just see them killing. So it's more of a it's more of a predatory thing, but they're not eating anyone. So and and the more you find out about the aliens, the more your head starts to think. Uh, this doesn't really make sense because there's a whole thing. Uh, I, without giving anything else yeah, you away, can't give that away. Uh, without giving anything away, it is uh, it it is reminiscent of the movie Signs and the movie The War of the Worlds and the radio play The War of the Worlds. But so I'm being vague like that. But it once you the more you think about it, the dumber it is. So I really hope if they do a third one, we don't need to find any more about the creatures because the, the more you learn about the creatures, the more it takes you out. I liked not knowing. In fact, in the first one, you don't see one of the creatures until like the last 10 minutes of the movie. This and one, there are creatures yeah. everywhere. Yeah, this one, you see a lot of them. So so Emily uh, Blunt is is uh, um um evelyn well the evelyn abbott and so the abbots venture out to find help because people in these encampments have set bonfires and so the the oldest girl is on top of a silo and she's looking out to see the bonfires she makes a little map she's very smart the family is smart and resourceful which is why they have been able to survive so this is survivor mode and then uh they find this abandoned steel mill and they're going to hide from the creatures in there. And they came, they come upon their old neighbor, 
Emmett, who is played by, I always say Killian Murphy, but I, I, we should look up how to pr- pronounce his name. It's very he's, Irish. He's a great Irish actor. But he's not, he doesn't use his Irish accent, which he, he could have. He's very unrecognizable in this because he's got a shaggy beard. He's a, he's a, New, he's a New York upstate hillbilly. Yeah. And uh, the thing about Killian Murphy is he has these amazing expressive eyes. And he used them when he was the villain Scarecrow in uh, Christopher Nolan's Batman. Batman film. Begins. And he also. And in, he's, he in, was, he's in the dark night for like two seconds. Right. And he was in 28 Days Later. That's where most people know him. Uh, Red Eye. Is, was he in that? Yeah, one? he was in that. That's a terrible movie. But <laughs> but uh, anyway, he's on Peaky Blinders, which is a Showtime special and during uh, and uh john krasinski and his wife emily blunt were binging it and they thought of him for emmett some good news baby yeah so anyway he does not want them to stay there no because it's weird it is it the more you think about these things this whole creature infestation how they got there and i i just it 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 took me out of it i liked the movie and i liked the first one i i like this one but the more you think about it the more it's turning you off so just go there lose yourself in it and then don't think about it anymore afterwards well i was terrified for 97 minutes and i lynn screamed couple- three times and i did have a jo- I, I did have a couple jump scares and so. one was birds <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you don't know that and so, yes and ah! so uh, there's uh they um emmett and the girl are are traveling and uh they come across some feral humans and that is terrifying too this the secret of most sequels is here's how you here's how you do a good sequel you take what what was a good unit in the first movie that made them successful and you break them up. And so that that's what happens. It happens back to star Wars empire strikes back. You break up the group into two um, recent sequel uh, guardians of the galaxy part two, you, you break up the group. That's what happens. And so you have three different storylines going on and each one is terrifying in their own way. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And what I thought about it, even though this was made before the pandemic, and in fact, we had all RSVP to go see this last yes. March 2020, and then it was canceled on us. Oh, yeah. when well, I actually, I actually couldn't down. have gone. I had a hockey game that day. So, oh, well, uh, we all started. I mean, everything started getting canceled. And but then so, the hockey game got canceled, too. So I yes. could have gone to the movie eventually. But because the reason the hockey game was canceled is the reason that the movie was canceled. So So this was made pre-pandemic, but because we've been through this 14 months and we've had this sense of loss, there is this eerie parallel to this movie because even though theirs is more post-apocalyptic, we still had a lot of unknowns. There was this great fear. People died. Uh, You know, there was so there's that sense of loss is in this movie and we can identify after the year we've had. So I thought that was an interesting aspect of it. Yes, it it is. But 
I and you should see this in the theater and don't do what we did. We were socially distanced, even though AMC AMC just announced that you don't have to wear masks in their theaters anymore. Oh. Um, uh, according to the Hollywood Reporter, but that's not that's not what's going to get you in this movie. Uh, what's going to get you in this movie is when someone decides to recline their seat all the way back, those leather seats, and it goes, and everyone's staring at this one guy named James, and we're all looking at him, and we're like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, because sound is still a great, the sound design is integral to this film. And now that you maybe to win this time, Lynn. Well, it should because now they've combined editing and mixing. So they All right. should. So Dia, did you see the first Quiet Place? I did not because I don't see those sorts of movies because I have that stuff come back to me like while I'm talking on the microphone or eating lunch or something. So you'll see the creature. You'll you'll hear the creature and then you'll you'll think it's behind you. Well, it's the gory stuff. That's what comes back to me, and I can't unsee that. And that's it's a, so this is a, this is mostly a bloodless gore. Right. Okay. It's just it's just terrifying the way they the way they edit it. The editing, Michael Shulver did it. And it's it's brilliant how he weaves those three in, especially when they're in that radio station, Carl. Okay, first of all, that's not how radio stations work, but again, I was willing to forgive that because they did have one detail when we were at Emmis. We had those phones like she has to climb over this phone and I've got and I look and I go, oh, my gosh, that is the exact same phone we had at the radio station. So was it the one with all the lines coming in and it was a big. It was, it was. Yes, it was. It was exactly like it was supposed to be. But it was it was. And it was also the office phone version of that, too, which I said, that is a really good detail. Now, radio stations and then. I, I don't want to say any more about the radio station. I'm sorry. Ma- they had a good prop master for part of it, but not yes, all. they had their set right? design was good, but they don't understand how radio stations work. Once you turn a microphone on, all the speakers around that microphone turn off. So that it's not going to help anybody. It, it would help in what they did with the story, but it's not going to help what they did with another part of the story. So. I, I, I'm, that's nitpicky. I, that's nitpicky. That's just like, that's like saying, Oh, I watch Frasier. I know how radio stations work. I watch WKRP. I know how radio <laughs> stations work. No, that's not what happens at all at any radio station. Well, Kent and I at the Webster Kirkwood Times, we both gave it an A. And, and you know, it's worth it. It's worth, it's worth seeing. And I hope people come back to the theater because this is a communal experience so and you can scream what, together they're hoping to because it's not available video on demand so it is theaters only at only. theaters now the next now this movie next movie saw, let's let's ask dia dia what is your favorite uh version of 101 dalmatians is it the glenn close version or is it the animated version uh glenn close because i'm a fan of hers i've been a fan of hers ever since fatal attraction i think well and i'm really a big fan of hers after hillbilly elegy because that movie nailed it if i'm from rural missouri and i'm from little dixie and her that gun toting grandma she was Mima, she nailed it so lynn is not a lynn is a fan of glenn close but not a fan of hillbilly elegy 
Well, see, a lot of people aren't, but I knew I read the book afterwards, but I'm going to tell you what, Ron Howard got it. I could, those, the language, the dialogue, the actions that it got panned by a lot of critics, but I'm like, you haven't lived there. That <laughs> one right there. That one. She hated it. I didn't yeah. see it. I didn't, but, I didn't really like the Amy Adams character at all. Unsympathetic. And, truth. Truth. Yeah. Oh, now, it's now. It's hard because she, I mean, that's what happens with addiction and it's hard. Cruella is more of a prequel to the 60s cartoon than it is the Glenn Close version. Now, this is PG-13, so you do not want to take your children to go see Cruella. And it's also about a future dog killer. So um, I don't know how they're going to make that transition, though, because the villain in Cruella is the Baroness, who's the the other Emma couture uh, fashion design and so I don't know how they're going to make the leap because the three Dalmatians that are in this movie are owned by Emma Thompson and she is the wickedly evil villainous in here She's and a we fashion can't, designer we can't really ruin any of that but Cruella is born Estella and she wants she has a horrible childhood and uh, she hooks up with, after a tragedy, she hooks up with Jasper and Horace, fellow orphans. Joel and- Fry and Paul Walter Hauser. Joel Jordan. Fry, right. he was in, he was in um, Yesterday. He was the buddy in Yesterday. And Paul Walter Hauser was in I, Tanya as the uh, knee smacker. Uh, he was also in... Uh, Richard Jewell playing Richard Jewell. And when he was in I, Tanya, he was with Craig Gillespie and Craig Gillespie directed Cruella. Yeah. And it's a very slick movie. It's fun. It is not cute. So therefore young girls, no, but what it, uh, what uh, this... it's very well done though. Right. Did you see what... it at the high point? Cause I saw it on the marquee at the high point today. Is that um, really high point would be a wonderful place to see it. Yes, we actually had a link from Disney, okay. so which yes, is but, but, but we had it, we we did have the opportunity to see it and in a theater and we just could not. No, we had a work. I, want, night. I also want to make a Dalmatian comment. I my husband's family always adopted Dalmatians because every time 101 Dalmatians came out, yeah, people bought them as puppies for children, and they are not a child's dog. No, They're Dalmatians very, are horrible pets. Well, no, they're not. You just train them because they're very territorial and protective. That's why they protected the horses and the beer on the beer trucks. That's why you right. have two Dalmatians. Or, or, the, or, or the fire trucks, yes. Right. And so they would adopt these dogs because they'd get, you know, these families would take them and dump them at the shelters. Well, well, so let, let me, do not let me go say, buy a Dalmatian. Right. I meant they're horrible pets for children. I, I know yeah. people that have had Dalmatians and they love them and they said they are wonderful pets for adults they are not they they're you're right they're territorial and they they're not but if you get an if you get a dalmatian with a child at the right time they will be like that child's best friend but but, my husband yes and his sister but but it's got to be it's got to be perfect you can't just get a dalmatian puppy for a kid it's it's not the best way and that happens. That happens every time that they do this. But the Dalmatians are a little different in this movie. 
Right. And she has their killers. Mutt. Yeah. She has a mutt named Buddy, Emma Thompson's character, Estella. And uh, it's a beloved mutt. So it's not that she's averse to dogs. She's averse to Emma Thompson's dogs. Oh. So I don't know how that's going to transition. But what happens is we have the dueling divas and they are both hell bent on revenge. And uh, the Baroness has this house of fashion and Cruella, she likes her spunk and style. She's, she doesn't turn yeah. into Cruella until like the last third of the film, which, right. by the way, that here's one of the things I have for a kid's movie, even though it's not a kid's movie. It's it's two hours and 15 minutes long. Yeah, it is too long. long. Yeah, well, it's because cool. it's for all the baby boomers that saw the 101 Dalmatians and they remember the story. I mean, all of the and just like how Star Wars is for us because we saw it as kids. I mean, but my question is, do they let her smoke? No, they, they don't. Smoke? See, but Emma Thompson's okay, so character does. But, yes, uh, but okay, she does smoke. Right, she's so the queen. She's the D uh, the prima donna. Okay. And she right. appropriates Estella's designs and uh, then after uh, more re revelations about how uh, despicable human she is, then Estella turns into Cruella. And this is in 1970s London. So is there this punk rock fashion vibe? And that's when the costume designer, Jenny Bevins, she, she should win an Oscar. She did. She has won two before for Mad Max Fury Road and for A Room with a View. So mm -hmm. you couldn't be more diverse. And her use of textures and fabrics and color is just fantastic. She has Emma Thompson make this grand entrance at this ball, and it is phenomenal. I'm not going to spoil it because it's one of the best things in the movie. And then she has uh, she has her in this mask, says the future, and it's all very punky. And then the soundtrack, Carl's got issues with the soundtrack. But no, I, I don't have issues it. with the soundtrack. I normally I would when you start in the 60s with a super tramp song, that's because that they've already thrown all that out of the window. See, then they go into, all right, here's songs from the 60s. They're not trying to say this is from 1967. They're just saying, here's a song from the 60s. So we're now in the 60s. And then we're going to go into a song from the 70s. So here's a song from the 70s. Or, they, or are they, they just were, avoiding paying copyright? You know, oh, you no, no. They spent a lot of money on okay. this. They have Rolling Stones right. songs in this movie. So Ooh. yeah, okay. Yeah. So they they spent money. Disney did said, Elvis uh, make it? Did Elvis make it in there? Because you know it's big money with Graceland Enterprises LLP. <laughs> uh, no, but they've got mm. she's a rainbow. So it maybe the Rolling Stones are like, okay, so like you can use this for Adobe, you can use this for Disney, you can just they said, you know what? She's a rainbow is going to be our our, our uh, licensee of the month because because it's it's everywhere. But it's well, more, fun, like, like, they, go, they go a little deeper cuts, which is nice. And uh, they do have a soundtrack album and they also have a score album because Nicholas Brittel, who is so wonderful, he did the score. Yeah, he did. Uh, he did Moonlight and uh, If Beale Street Could Talk. Right. So but but the but the soundtrack has like Florence the Machine does the Cruella song. 
but it's also a new Cruella song. And they have like the, they, they have Ike and Tina Turner doing a Led Zeppelin cover, which I had never heard before. There are two Ike and Tina Turner songs in this. And remember Led Zeppelin ripped off people. They're, they have been sued back to the stone age because they ripped off all those blues artists. So let's call (laughs) it like it is. (laughs) But it's, it's, it's funny that my wife's like, is that Tina Turner? And I, I think I, it, the one was, and then she said, is that Tina Turner again? I'm like they wouldn't use her again, but they did. They did. They used buy, her. I want to buy the soundtrack. It's really fun. They did a featurette. If you go to YouTube, you will see a featurette about the music and the, or, t- or you can probably, it's probably on Disney plus where you can get this movie for $30. Right. Uh, well, and yeah. I hope the teenagers are hearing it, right? Because everybody needs to know Tina. Every teenage girl should know about Tina Turner and how oh, my my was, my right? daughter was happy that they used Queen Stone Cold Crazy. Okay, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. But they, but well, they also use I they they have they have everybody singing Iggy and the Stooges. I want to be your dog. Mm-hmm. It's very and, yeah. It's very fun. It's such a fun watch. It's very fresh and it's very bold. And Emma Thompson, uh, Emma Thompson is just a great villain. One of the early screenwriters, when Disney decided that they were going to remake the live action or do this prequel, uh, they hired Aileen Brosh McKenna and she wrote Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, oh, I love that. The the fingerprints of that one are all over this with Emma Thompson. And then Emma Stone is terrific as Cruella. And I didn't have issues with her accent. And she's very brassy and bold and has a great attitude uh, for in terms of like making her mark in the world. So we got the two Emmas having a blast with these roles. Very campy. Yes, very campy, but also they have, they keep this dead serious nature about them at times. Because Emma Thompson is a classically trained actress. I remember seeing Henry V at the high point with Kenneth Branagh when she was still in it. I'm like, this woman is amazing. I have followed her entire career. Remember when she was Hillary in Primary Colors? Yes. I mean, well, not Hillary. I mean, a person similar. A person based on the former first lady. It was, I mean, she's got the range. I mean, she is so talented. She's one of my favorites. She could have zero script and still make, make kind of like Brian Dennehy. Yeah, he could always make it look good. Well, she does a lot with her, with her just mannerism. There are some times when Emma Thompson doesn't even speak and she is commanding the screen. And that is stage training. That is, that is treading the boards, not being just on a. Oh yeah. She just like, even when she does the, the nine minute power naps, Carl, when the (laughs) cucumber slices or she pops an olive into her mouth and she just has this attitude. Mark strong is in it, which is an odd role for him, but but, but, but he's barely, he's everyone keeps singling out Mark strong. He's barely in the movie. I mean, he's an important part of the movie, but he's barely in it. Um, I, you know, Emily Beecham, is barely in the movie too. And she's fantastic. I actually want to talk about uh, Tipper Seifert Cleveland. I wanted more of the young stuff. I wanted the more of the artful Dodger kind of these ruffian kids that were like Charles Dickens-ish Oliver Twist types that were running around London, ripping people off. I wanted a lot more of that in a movie that was already too long. She's that girl. Tipper is really good. Very good. I noticed her right away. I looked her up. I was like, who is this? So don't yeah. you think though, that like you were saying Disney plus, 
Yeah. I see that as allowed movies to go back to a longer length because people are watching it at home and they can pause them. Well, I think that has changed it back again. You know, well, that's what my daughter said. My daughter said if there it was already going to be two hours and fifteen minutes, why not make it a series on Disney Plus and then they can they can have it. And I'm like because they wanted to make this a movie right. and they they couldn't probably get Emma and Emma to commit for a series because a series it would probably be ten episodes. That's Even a lot though, of writing. That's a lot of writing for Dalmatians. Well, I like that. I like the twists that they had on this one. I really like. There, there are several, several twists. Right. Well, there's a. The only thing you the know about a Disney movie is they're going to have tie-ins. They're going to have all this, and they're going to have a sequel. And oh, you point. allude to another chapter. You have to watch the credits to see this scene, and uh, it'll tie in with the other Dalmatian movies, but. I'm not going to say anything. Oh, there's a stinger. Okay. But well, uh, well, Kirby, Kirby Howell Baptiste is Anita and it goes through all the stuff from the original 101 Dalmatians where I went to school with her. I've known her since I was a child. And then they, they use her very effectively as Anita darling. Right. Right. And so she could have been used more really. She could have, but and then and it was like, well, they, why did they do? Why did they cast her? Like, why not? She was great. She was the, oh, I really enjoyed this movie a lot. I'm, and so but there, I, it's not a perfect movie. It no, is, it's something no. I'm, you know, if, if you want to spend the $30 and don't want to go out to a movie, spend the $30 and watch it at home. I would, right. I would recommend spending the $30 on this rather than the $30 last year than Mulan. Like but not, uh, I, th I would say Raya is probably better than this. Yeah, I only gave this a B. Okay, but it's still good. I, it's still, yeah, it's still good. I still, I love those actresses like you do, Dia. I would just, I would watch them and it's just fun to see them tangle. And um, yeah, yeah. So Carl, did you see anything else? Cause I didn't. I, I did, I did watch the Rita Moreno thing but that's not coming out for two weeks right i did it, watch it too because we had a link that expired that expired yesterday and so I, I watched it right before it expired yeah me too um i was um you know she is going to be in in she is going to be in the new west side story with steven spielberg and so at first i thought oh this is just going to be a puff celebrity piece but no not no, at all no 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 it is no. very very serious and a lot of things and i'm glad they i'm i was with jimmy kimmel i knew her from the electric company but we can't talk about the movie because it doesn't no. come out for two weeks no it comes out two weeks and then streaming i am enjoying and dia you would probably really love this if you have apple plus um 1971 the year music changed everything that was the year of my birth, Lynn. This is my big 5-0 summer. Hey, you know, Lynn, you know how we were talking the other day? But uh, it's weird because, and I said, oh, I wonder what the what the Questlove movie is going to be. The Questlove movie is going to be on Hulu. So there is one on every single platform. The Beatles one's going to be on Disney+. Plus. The Tina one is on HBO Max. The Billie Eilish is on Apple+. Plus. The Pink is on Amazon. 1971 the year that changed music what is that gonna, what's that on? apple plus that's on apple, apple plus. plus okay and then the quest love uh 
Summer of Soul is going to be on Hulu. So all these documentaries, all these music documentaries are on each different one. Wow. And I'm so glad you gave a shout out to Yesterday. That's one of our, that's one of our oh, favorite yeah. movies when that came out. Declan watched it on the plane. We were flying home from Norway and then we saw it back there. It was amazing. I mean, if you're a Beatles fan or if you're not, so, you know. Everybody gasped when that thing happened. Uh-huh. In the movie, in the movie, then everybody gasped. That was, yeah, that was my favorite scene of the year, but it got beat by Avengers Assemble. So we have St. Louis film critics have a have a category called best scene, and that. Well, I am speaking of HBO Max. I have been a subscriber since 1982. Wow! So um, I am a big fan of HBO, and right now. I am watching so much on HBO because I watched the Friends reunion last night on HBO Max, which was very nostalgic and it made me smile. And one of the things that I love, I watched pretty much all Friends from 1994 to 2004, it's 10 year run. And then it was on all these reruns all the time. And so at night, uh, I could watch it and go to sleep right before I would go to sleep because, you know, it just is fun and it relaxes you. And David Beckham even said that in his interview last night that he's in a lot of hotel rooms. So he knew if he could turn on a friend's, it would make you smile and relax and, and everything. Well, do you remember, do you remember Courtney Cox's debut though? Do you remember when she was, what her first big thing was? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. she was in the bruce springsteen video dancing in the dark and she had the white t-shirt on and the short hair and the cuffs and that's what made me watch friends and it also made me watch cougar town so well she she's on so it was really fun last night to see them all and they had some surprise guests which were okay. fun and they had a fashion show and uh cindy crawford shows up to strut uh on in in those Ross's leather pants, so to speak. Oh, Cindy Crawford. I was thinking about her the other day. She was so big. She looks she like so a million big. damn dollars. I mean, oh, she was incredible. And good, then, and good. Then I'm glad. Justin Bieber shows up in this fashion show. Well, okay. So I was on the air yesterday making fun of the friends thing. And yeah. I said, I didn't think I would have to watch it because I had read everything that I thought about it. And then I also said on the air, you realize as soon as I get home, my wife's going to say, hey, where do I watch this Friends thing? And so as soon as I got home from being on the radio, my wife says, hey, how do we, where, I looked on every channel that we have, where is it? And so of course we then wound up watching it and it wasn't as horrible as I thought it was going to be. There are still horrible things about it. It doesn't, it's, barely anything was new did tom Selleck make it though he did oh but paul I, rudd didn't. i loved him when he was magnum pi man i can't watch the new magnum pi but when we go to michigan to mackinac uh my driver's from the up he's from saint Ignatius, oh. and this is where tom Selleck's mom lives and he always tells our group the story about how he was up there shopping for real estate everybody's like it's tom Selleck. <laughs> of course they're midwesters they're, they're really polite they left him alone but yeah i love I love Tom Selleck. And you were talking about your Mustang you drove for a little while of your friend, mm-hmm. one of our travelers, her retirement from being a principal and fluorescent was a red convertible Mustang. And she loved Tom Selleck. She said to me, Lynn, 
he makes my pantyhose melt into my shoes. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's what I said. My eyes got really big when she said that to me. But it was it was just very pleasant exercise and nostalgia and the audience. It was very friends like. And some of the interesting backstories, I enjoyed that. And uh, just how they all fall into those roles and they were reading some old scripts and they're just, they just have that magical chemistry with them all. And I am not ashamed to admit that I pretty much- You cried? All, well, yeah, little tears. I, I have seen pretty much every episode. And then now after watching them on Nickelodeon and all those other ones, probably two or three times and they just make you feel good and they make you smile and it's okay you know and, and, you know lisa kudrow you know i always thought she reminded me of gracie allen she, she was a straight did. actor and she did well she has a big duet with some famous musician person you can say it's it's, it's been everywhere it's lady gaga and it doesn't make the song any better no it's smelly cat though well, this uh, talking, uh, I'm going to do a whole other uh, whiplash move. Oslo, which was a Tony winning play that the rep did a couple of years uh -huh. ago, is yeah. going to make its debut this weekend on HBO. And oh. it is about yes. the Mideast Peace, Peace Accords and the Oslo Accords. Right. And uh, they won the Nobel Prize for it. And then it didn't really stick because... Bacon gets uh, uh, assassinated, so there's all that. But that's what we watched in that movie, The Human Factor, too. But anyway, it's very good, and it looks very intense, and it has a outstanding cast, and I'm excited to watch it because I have nothing else to do this weekend except on Sunday night, the finale of Mayor of Easttown. Who did it? Who did it? Well, Stephen King tweeted what he thought and it blew up Twitter. But he's a horror writer. Why would, you know, he probably is right. Well, that's what everybody's saying. Like, you know, he's, he's, he's so good, but he said, oh, Kate Winslet's killing it. So he uh, is a big fan of Mayor of Easttown. So he told us all on Twitter that uh, he will let us know this week if he is right. But oh, he didn't, he didn't say who he was, who it no, was. He said who he didn't think it was. And I agree with him. And okay. so then Twitter blew up because everybody was giving their opinions. And then apparently Vanity Fair has this big article with the odds of who the killer is. But I will say Brad Inglesby, who wrote it, has done a masterful job because I can't figure it out. I can't crack it. And there's some wild cards. And he promises that everything is going to be tied up. Well, he also said that it's not going to be somebody that was in a background scene in episode two. He says it's going to be a major character. It's so not going to be like someone. Who shot Jr. Right? Who shot Jr. We know nobody. Hey, Kristen. Uh, people knew who Kristen was. Not really. I watched mm. it every single week. Not really. He no. was <laughs> Mary Crosby. Yeah. Was okay. If that you were, you would have been in sixth or seventh grade then. You Dukes should not have. At eight o'clock, our store was open to late. Mom and I had dinner on the table at eight o five. Dad came in. Dukes. You shouldn't have Dallas. been. You're. That's bad parenting. Letting a a, a twelve year old watch Dallas every week. Everybody watched Dallas. Where were you in the seventies and early eighties? I mean, that was like that was nothing compared to Taxi Driver. I was going I out on Friday that. nights. 
Dallas, was, was Dallas 20, on Thursdays or Fridays? Friday. Friday. It was Dukes of Hazard mm-hmm. at eight and Dallas at nine. And then Knott's Landing came later. Like that was the other show that came. But I never watched Knott's Landing, but I wasn't allowed to watch soap operas, Carl. So my babysitter would make me. What well, was Dallas? Dallas was a soap opera. It was, but I wasn't allowed to watch daytime soap operas. Well, okay. we had a Who Shot JR party with my newspaper people because I was working at Suburban Journals. And when Miami Vice came on, I was working at the St. Louis Globe Democrat. And everybody on Monday would talk about what happened on Miami Vice on Friday night. Cause it on was Friday night and everybody are going no, on it dates. Was nine o'clock. It was, it was Dallas. And then we watched Miami Vice and everybody started wearing those. Dallas was on CBS and Miami Vice was on NBC. Right. You couldn't but, watch them at the same time, but guys, we had a VCR. We were, no, we guys were would start, um, pushing their jackets up and wearing yes and, and we're inside you know uh wearing the t-shirts yeah, yeah. underneath the suit jacket it, it was hilarious everybody wanted to be sunny crockett and uh it was just i wanted like, to be tubs tubs whatever happened to that guy but uh probably rich was, countless money yeah but no it was fun and then i heard they were going to try to reboot it but I don't know yeah. what happened to that i think that's didn't one of those- they do it already i don't know no they did know. that it was uh wasn't it a uh, Colin Farrell movie? Oh, it was a terrible yeah. movie with Jamie Foxx and Colin Farrell. Terrible. Yeah, see, I knew they did it. Terrible. Well, it's like Magnum P.I. And do you know that Magnum P.I. comes on before Blue Bloods? I'm yeah. Like, I I've tried that, to watch yeah. Magnum P.I. once. I made it 15 minutes on the new version. I know. I didn't much care for that. Or the new MacGyver or the new, or I do like Blue Bloods. I only watch once in a while, but I feel really old when I watch it. But then I always tear up at the family dinner. I do too. And I mean, I'm married to an Irish Catholic. I'm just a country girl Baptist, but they have that family dinner and everybody's got all their issues. But see, I love the youngest son because he was in American Dreams. Do you remember American Dreams? That's who Will Estes was in. And I remember him in that TV show. That was an amazing show. Well, I, I just really am the brother that died the, when his son came in, I just was crying. And then last week they had a thing, but uh, Rugrats has returned. I don't know if you guys watched Rugrats, but my no. children watched it no, all no. the time. That, that is out of our age area. We were too old to watch Rugrats. All right. Well, it's, but we were, we were aware of them, but we did not watch them. Well, I was nannying, I think, when I was in college. The kids I nannied for watched them. Oh, yeah. People all love that. So now it's Paramount Plus, but it's CG animation. So it's not the original kind of animation, but they're back. And And one of the moms is gay, I heard. And then Kaminsky Method starts on today on on Netflix season three. And you have convinced me, Dia, to watch it. It like my husband doesn't usually like those things, but we love Alan Arkin and we love Adam Arkin. I, I had him watch all of Northern Exposure. I went to the Maplewood Public Library because they were the only ones with all the DVDs and we watched it before we took our group to Alaska. So there he saw Adam Arkin. Then we get the Kaminsky method and Alan. I mean, but it is just the the now Alan Arkin's not in city. season three. He's not. That's what I said in my I was like, no, mm, I'm I'm worried. I'm worried, but but Michael Douglas is he's making the rounds. And I thought they did such a good job. Well, you haven't seen it, have you, Lynn? I, I have not. I've not okay, seen either it. of you, Carl. You all haven't seen it. And I'm gonna tell you, it's gonna be like Grace and Frankie. You might as well buckle in because you're just gonna keep watching the next episode. It's okay. Okay. Well, this might be a a good thing. Uh Amazon just bought MGM, so they're gonna own the James Bond series. Wow. 
And uh, Carl, what do you think about the Oscars going to uh, going to um, March 27th? So they're not changing their eligibility. It's still the 31st, but they are get, they're doing it to, for two reasons. They couldn't move it up. They wanted to get it away from the Olympics. The, the Winter Olympics will be that week. So they wanted to move it away from that because most the the demographics for the Oscars are women and the Winter Olympics has the ice skating. And so the women will be watching the Olympics. So they didn't want to move it up because if they moved it forward, it would be the Super Bowl and everybody watches the Super Bowl. So they moved it back. I understand why they did it. So it, it is what it is. Yeah, well, their ed- eligibility is going to be March 1st through December 31st. Now, we didn't change ours, the St. Louis Film Critics, but we're going to have more content this year because everything they held from last year is being pushed back. So we're going to have quite a lot to digest at the end of the year. Now, uh, the Tonys are coming back on <laughs> September kind of. 6th, but... They are also making it with a concert called Broadway's Back because most, most of the most of the Tony know. Awards are going to be on Paramount Plus. They're only going to show the top three on CBS, which is so weird, which is so weird. And then but Broadway's going to be back uh, mid-September, except I heard Hadestown's going to open two weeks before that. So we should see it should be interesting to see what opens up. And speaking of opening up in St. Louis, Grant's Farm reopened today, but you have to register. And it's $15 to park unless you do what I did for my wife, which is buy a pack. We bought a five pack. You can get a five, 10 or 15 pack of parking passes. So. And then how much is it per time then if you buy the pack? Uh, it's less than the $15 each. Good to know because we have to. So like, like I think coaches, it's, they charge us 35 bucks, even if we pull up and drop them off. Right. So like, Every I think time. it's, I think it goes down incrementally. I think it's 12 if you buy five and maybe 10, if you buy 10, I, I don't so the know. The more you buy, so the Lynn, more you I'm buy, throw, it's cheaper. I'm going to throw a plug in here too. They have these private safaris that you can do. And I did that for a family group and it was fantastic. You get in the truck. They feed the animals. You get to go see the mansion. It is well, since everyone's not had been able to spend money on doing fun, entertaining things, it's worth it to spend the money. I think it's like $200 and eight people can go, but yes, it's, it's a good time. And, and you get back where the Clydesdales are that, you know, it was $350. And so you is divide that by now. It's yeah. Okay. If you divide it by eight people, that's the thing. But my wife wanted to, before they opened up Grant's Farm, that's what she wanted for Mother's Day. And I'm like, but why can't we just do the thing that, because I gave her a thing that said, on May 13th, I will tell you what your Mother's Day present is, because that's when that's when they announced it and that this was this was better. And so their, their last one of the day is the last entrance is at 2.30. It used to be three o'clock, but now it's 2.30 because they're only having like, 80 cars per half hour or something like that. It's weird, but it's, it's, it's open. So that's better exactly. than nothing. Yeah, exactly. It's open. Cause I keep holding my breath just like with the tours. I mean, that those are huge things. We do the arch, the riverboat, the brewery tour and Grant's farm for our tours, especially the military reunions. Yeah, and a I, lot of drinking going on. Cut it all off. And Bev's is going to, and Bev's going to say no more. So I hope not. 
Aha. Uh-huh. Well, uh, another St. Louis summer tradition is the St. Louis Filmmaker Showcase. Mm-hmm. And they're going to try to do an in-person and online hybrid, Carl. But we will have Chris Clark on at some point to talk about what the plan is. But the entries are due May 31st. So get them in if you're a filmmaker. Right. We didn't do one this year. So, so Dia, where can we find you online? So you can buy the book at arewetheryetdia.com. So arewetheryetdea.com. You can enter the contest at stlscavenger.com. And then we have three social media hangouts, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, STL Scavenger, all three of them. I'm posting going live, taking photos. There might be a few hints for that $500 prize. If you Has anybody guessed there. yet? Huh? Have you gotten guests guess? Have you gotten guesses yet? Well, no, because you have to have all 366 before you're allowed to upload it. So no, I that's what, that's what I'm thinking. That's thinking. It's, it's too early. No one has gone through the entire book yet. Well, I, I don't know. I had a friend of mine say that she had made it through 16. Wow. So that's pretty, pretty impressive. But she's, she's like me. She's all over town. So you, you can do it. You know, it's, I live a different lifestyle. And so does she with being poor guys. Can you order the book? I know it's Reedy Press, but can you order the book through any of your sites or can yes, you? Yes, are we there yet? Dia.com and discover stlewiscom Those are my websites. So you can buy them from the author. And when you buy them from me, I will personalize them to whoever you want to give them to and sign them. Oh. And we will mail them to you. We, I told Maggie, my office manager, she's like, What have you done? And I said, I've turned this into retail. But we would, you can do a porch pickup from our office on the hill or we'll mail it to you and you can buy it anywhere books are sold. So, you know, Schnooks, 18 Schnooks stores, you have the Novel Neighbor, Main Street Books, Left Bank Books, Subterranean, Ben's in Belleville. Oh, we just went to Ben's. I love Ben's. I met Beth. We took photos together. She's the daughter of the original owners and they are part of that find the nine puzzle contest, which is where you go pick up these puzzle cards and then you put that together. And that's another clue to win a Reedy Press prize pack. There's two of those to be given away. And Presley, she has been a little girl on my Instagram and she has hit all nine places. So she has all nine puzzle cards. Wow. Great. Her, her mom or dad's taking her all over and I liked all of them. So if you, if you post, I'll like your posts. Now that's great. Before we let you go, you, you are a proud member of the St. Louis, uh, the Hill, you live on the Hill. Um, who do you think should be the new pastor of St. Ambrose? Because Father so, Bomarito is leaving. He is going he, to He's Saint going Joan, to Joan of Arc. He's going to St. Joan of Arc just down the street. So, well, you know who it is, don't you? No. Have they announced who it is? Yeah, it's Seaford from over at um, Magdalene. Really? So, yeah. So when I was at, so we, we have the p- concerts at Piazza Emo. Mm-hmm. So Kathy with Jerry Ray puts those on and we were there and I talked to a gentleman who knew, who knew him and said he's amazing. And his mother is Italian. So I think that will. That's good. Help smooth the way and he's beloved though by anyone who has been in his parishes so i and i'm not catholic my connection in is i belong to the bocce clubs because you got to belong to <laughs> the italian american bocce club or the catholic church so and my I husband say, do they still do that you still have to get permission from the catholic church to move into the hill well technically i'm on the south side of columbia so i'm in southwest garden neighborhood which my irish my irish husband said they found out i was marrying him and they moved the line. <laughs> 
That's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 a great place to live. I said, you know, I, I put together, I was talking about fine and I, but my puzzle piece fits in this puzzle. It's like living in Vandalia again you know, and I'm the vice president of the Hill Business Association because I don't have good sense. We put in these 30 beautiful red trash cans. So we're selling passports to the Hill, which is like a mini entertainment book for $45. And it has $1,300 worth of savings on the Hill. So go to shopthehill.com to buy one of those and um, come have fun. Shop at Duke Gregorio's, go to Lorenzo's, go to Anthony's. I, I have a day trip for two. Go to Guido's. Go to Guido's, Miguel. And, and, oh, and Miguel. Adriana, Adriana, she's not opening Adriana. the doors yet, but you can eat outside. Oh, well, then you should too. go. You should go to Guido's across the street because they open at eleven. So, so Guido's, Miguel has had to shut down. They're they're going to be closed. I think Monday, Tuesdays now because staffing's an issue. But they have tapas because remember his yes. he moved here as a child. His parents moved here because his dad was part of the construction crew that brought the Spanish pavilion. That is the now the Hilton Ballpark downtown. That's how they wound up here. So he's got Spanish tapas and then pizza. And his parents, well, up until a year and a half ago, uh, up they his parent, his mom and dad still were at the restaurant every day. She still comes in. She makes the gazpacho, the best <laughs> gazpacho in town. And and so I work at the election polls up here at Shaw School. And he or his brother Francis come in and, and bring them in to vote. And I have, well, I just found a picture the other day of me. With Frank the lives. Frank lives above the restaurant. He does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now see, I call him Francis and Miguel, mm-hmm. and like Mike and Francis is what other people. Yeah. Call no. Them. Yeah. Everybody. I, I call him Miguel, but uh, people. It depends on how I've known him since high school, so I can call him whatever. <laughs> And the restaurant's so beautiful since they, mm-hmm. they redid it. And the, oh, the it is very is nice. Very and you know nice. what they're they're oh. they're going to redo a little. They're going to redo the patio out in the back. That's what he told me the other mm-hmm. day. Very exciting. very exciting. I think I think a lot of patio dining is going to stay because I was at the city park grill the other night and we were on the sidewalk and we said, you know what? We think this is going to stay. So Good. I was in Waterloo, Illinois, two nights ago, and they have blocked off some of their streets for their restaurants to go on the street. And now the mayor is going to roll that back. So that was the big scuttlebutt over in Waterloo. Oh. Gallagher's was being renovated. It's still not open, but the um, Hopskeller is open. You know, they had that fire. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's completely redone and reopened. Well, JVs and Gallagher's are my go-tos at, in Waterloo. So, so you I are just, just everywhere. I know. Oh, I, am. I, I, worked in, I worked in Monroe County for six years and I lived in Waterloo for three. So what about Crazy Train? Have you ever been to Crazy Train? And no, I haven't. I, I moved in 2009. Well, I think it was there then. I think it's been there forever. They were to go look up Crazy Train. Okay. And they said the little town it's in and they sell picnic fish. I'm like, what's a picnic fish? And Darcy goes, it's a little square fish. Like you get it a picnic. Yeah. They exactly. supposedly have amazing chicken. All right. So we know where we can find you online. You can find me at underscore Carl, the intern on Instagram and Twitter, but hockey's over now. So our buddy Max says I should do horn tests with my car. Uh, You can also hear me on KMOX and 97.1. And Lynn, where can we find you? Well, I'm in the Webster Kirkwood Times, and I am also on KTRS every Thursday night around 1030. Miller Furniture presents Lynn Venhouse Goes to the Movies. And then I have my own website, poplifestl.com. And we're here every week, and we loved having you, Dia. We'll have to have you come back, especially like around the time where the, the uh, winners 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. December 1st, all will be revealed. And thank you all for having me. I was so grateful that you chose to have me as your guest. Thank you. You're well, thank you. thank you. And maybe we'll have you around Labor Day because that'll be the end of the summer and you'll have ideas for the fall. Oh, speaking of Queen's Cuisine in Edwardsville, Jane and I talked today, we're going to do a tea and treasures. So you'll get to have tea with me. You'll get one of the books and it'll be at Queen's Cuisine in Edwardsville. Okay. So, I was just there today. today. I mean, not I at do the a couple book place, but I was at in Edwardsville. Oh, were you? Yeah. Oh, you yes. both are everywhere. I was I was at the radio station all day. All right. I, everyone have uh, remember that you don't say happy Memorial Day. Use Memorial Day at least at three o'clock on Monday to remember the fallen who have served this country and remember why we are having Memorial Day. It is to remember. So. Right. And we are we are a grateful nation. And thank you for your service and anybody who's related to anybody that uh, didn't make it home. And uh, we want everybody to stay safe this Memorial Day weekend and uh, the go see a movie. Yeah, go see a movie and the vaccines are winding down, but it's so nice. It was so fun to be at the movie theater the other night with people. Most everybody, we all got popcorn and it just was a celebration. And now you don't have to keep your mask on. Like I forgot after I was done eating my popcorn, I forgot to put it back on. And now, and then I felt guilty about it, but now you don't have to feel guilty about it anymore because it's not a thing anymore. No, no. Enjoy summer of 2021. Bye. Bye. Bye.